1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Bass Nose Fishing Podcast, where we are constantly trying to keep our thumbs ripped up. Tonight, I have a very special guest on tonight, Mr. Chris Spencer from Utah. He came out to California a week or so ago and went out to Folsom for the Yakabass KBF uh, event that was going on at Folsom and absolutely swept the field with the Trail Series, Pro Series, and the Yakabass event. So we're going to highlight him and his, uh, his tournament out here at Lake Folsom tonight. Can't wait to hear his story and kind of hear what he has going on for the rest of the season with a big with a big victory like that, I, I can only imagine his confidence moving forward into the rest of the year. So looking forward to just hear his story about all that, but a couple, couple housekeeping things. So, um, we got the Dale hollow event coming up with the paddle and fin tournament at, in Tennessee. That is going to be on April 1st or April 2nd and 3rd at Dale hollow based out of the East port Marina. I'm really looking forward to flying out there in a few weeks and fishing Dale Hollow. It's going to be an absolute blast. I cannot wait to catch some legit smallmouth. It's kind of hard to come by smallmouth out here in California, especially like the real smallmouth. So um, to go out to Dale Hollow and catch those smallmouth, I, I just can't wait. And to hang out with the Paddle and Finn family and get to meet um, some of you guys that listen to this show. Just really looking forward to that. My wife's also going to be joining me as well. So we get to spend some time on Dale Hollow and then, we get to spend some nights in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to meet up with Chad, and we're just going to have a good time. It's going to be a fun time, especially going out to Tennessee. It's It's been a dream of mine to go to Nashville, and I just can't wait to head out there. So if you guys are interested in that, you guys can find that tournament on Tourney X. Just look up Dale Hollow, uh, you know, Paddle and Fin tournament, and you guys will be able to find that. Or just reach out to me personally on at Bassinos Fishing on Instagram, and I'll be able to help you guys find some info about that event. So really looking forward to that. Also, if you guys are interested in doing the KBF Fantasy League, you guys could go over to paddleandfin.com. We have a fantasy league all all all, all uh, lined up. You guys can join that and hop in on the fun of just doing the you know a fantasy league um, for kayak bass fishing. So I've been following along, and I don't have a team yet, but I I need to hop in there too and get a team going because I feel like I could do 
fairly decent, but um, it's it's just fun to follow some sticks in the game and, and see how well they do and see how well your team does. So, again, go over to paddleandfin.com. You guys will be able to find all the information there for the Fantasy League. Anyways, let's see what else we got coming up. There was a new event announced a while ago, and I want to highlight it a little bit, and I might have um, Marvin on here in the next week or so, but Native Watercraft is having their big bass like hourly tournament. Uh, they're going to be doing it on April 2nd at Lake Berryessa. Um, so if, if we get a hundred guys to show up to that event, which I think we might hit, I think we're, they're going to be paying a thousand dollars per hour at that event for big fish per hour. So that's going to be a pretty awesome event, something kind of new. So hopefully California, we can just show up to that and keep that coming back. Cause it's really cool that they came out here. So let's try to hit a hundred at that event and see what, uh, see what what guys cash some big bucks there and they're also giving out three native kayaks as well during that tournament so it's a pretty pretty awesome investment i think the the entry fee is like 100 bucks again we're going to be doing a whole episode dedicated to that here in the next week or so and give you guys more info but if you guys want to check it out you guys go to tourney x and just um, click on like native watercraft tournament and you'll be able to find the california event coming up on april 2nd at lake Berryessa. So I think that's pretty much it. Um, next up for myself is the Delta event at for the ABA kayak series. It's coming up on March 26th and 27th. Cannot wait to fish the Delta at the end of March. It's going to be, I think it's going to be an absolute slugfest. I think we can easily see 95 plus both days to the, to the person that wins that tournament. Uh, to just fish two days on the Delta is going to be incredible. And something new that we released uh, a couple days ago is that we are now going to be doing two days of official practice except for the Otai event because the lake is not open only on Wednesdays. So we're going to be doing two days of practice for all the events except the Otai event and our TOC because the TOC is a three-day tournament and there'll be more details on that coming up. But I just can't wait to go to the Delta and fish the Delta late March. It's going to be awesome. But anyways, I think that's pretty much it. Um, also, last last thing is March 12th, which is next weekend. SoCal Kayak Anglers is having their membership drive. I think they have like almost 50 guys signed up right now, 50 anglers. Uh, you know, they're doing a membership drive. I think the membership for the whole year, you know, buy you into every tournament is somewhere around 160 bucks. And they're doing like $20 at the lake for March 12th at Lower Otai. So if you guys are interested in that, make sure you guys go check out SoCal Kayak Anglers on Instagram. You guys can find out the information there. But I think that's it for the housekeeping things. Let's go ahead and bring in, I would say, Mr. Folsom, Chris Spencer. <laughs> I like that, Mr. Folsom. <laughs> What's up, Chris? How are you, man? Uh, good. It sounds like I got to come back out to California to try and win a kayak. Yeah, I know the, the native later. tournament's coming out on April 2nd, and they got three kayaks that they're giving away that day. I need an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna be rolling out a bunch more information, but it's already live on Tourney X, and um, I know that they had one earlier this year, I believe, as like a trial, and it seemed to go pretty good. Um, again, like if you hit if there's over a hundred guys, it's a thousand dollars per hour for big fish. Wow! So like the the yeah. entry fee is a hundred bucks. <laughs> the payout goes more towards the hourly big bass so it's per hour so like the overall winner doesn't really win as much but you could win a lot because you could win multiple big fish you know yeah <laughs> so uh <laughs> it's gonna be pretty interesting it's it's new 
um kind of exciting and it's gonna be at lake Berryessa, right around like the shad spawn slash late spawn so i think it's gonna be pretty good it sounds like it yeah but chris welcome to the bass Sons fishing show man and i start off every episode with this question for all my guests so Chris, have you ever looked to your wife or your friend or your best friend and bragged about how ripped up your thumbs are after a good day of fishing? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like the the you know like the we're not lying that we catch fish, right? Like like there's yeah. no fish story. Like look at my thumb, like it's completely ripped up. Even yeah. though there are some guys that probably rub their thumb to make <laughs> it look like they caught more. But was uh, it a good day? I don't know. You tell yeah, me. Was it a good yeah, day? Yeah, there you go. There you go. You know it's really good when it's in the palm too, because when you yeah. when it's in the palm, that's when you cut the big ones. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man. So that's kind of a little icebreaker to start the episode. So Chris, why don't you just kind of just take the floor, talk a little bit about who's Chris Spencer? Uh, we like to hear like what kind of kayak you fish out of, and <laughs> how did you fall in love with fishing? Well, I'll I'll give you the fishing story first. Uh, okay. When I was nine, I took a trip to Canada. My grandparents lived in Canada. And about three blocks from their house, there was a park lake. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was full of basically perch and northern pike. And my grandpa handed me an old Zebco and said, here you go. <laughs> and I spent every day, six days straight over in that park trying to catch northern park, a northern pike. And on the sixth day, I finally hooked one. Wow. And I don't know if it survived, but I hooked it. Uh, <laughs> you don't you don't want to put your I, thumb in the northern pike. No, and I, that was the thing. I had no tools. I had nothing. It, there was another guy out there fishing and ended up helping me get it off and get it put back in the water. But that's awesome. Uh, I came back, came back home. And then a few years later, I believe it was a 4th of July weekend. Uh, one of the neighbor neighbor kids was over and asked if I wanted to head down to the we got Utah Lake, which was about three miles from where I lived head down there and do some fishing. And then from there, it was basically, I think I was 12. It was every Saturday and almost every day in the summer. <laughs> we were yeah. down, we were down on the lake and, and that transitioned a few years later to fishing uh, the Provo river, doing some spinner and fly fishing up there. And then it just kept going, just never stopped. So That's I haven't awesome. been able to put, can't put a rod down. <laughs> so did you ever have a bass boat before this or did you just have a kayak right away? Or? No, I, uh, I had a pontoon, a kick pontoon. I went okay. float tube, kick pontoon. Yeah. And about the time I had my second kick pontoons, kind of when I started getting into fishing for bass uh -huh. and decided I wanted to get a fishing kayak. And when I bought the fishing kayak, I found out we had a local, uh, kayak fishing club. And then from there it just took off. That was about four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, And I, I jumped in and started fishing that. And in about two years into that, I turned around and bought a native Titan. And that's what I fish out of now. It's a 2017, 2018 model. Still oh, using okay. it. <laughs> well, that'd be perfect for you to go to the native tournament. You're in a native and, and yeah, for you to win a new native. <laughs> yeah. Yep, <need> an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, dude. That's really cool. So you're, you're, uh, you used to do, um, float tube. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. me too, dude. I did it for like nine or ten years. I loved it. Loved but that every was it, it fit Utah. I mean, we we were known for trout fishing, not bass fishing. Yeah, yeah. You know, bat, bass was just kind of an incidental for most people. Yeah. And it it's starting to become more and more popular here, and we actually have some pretty decent lakes for it. So that's awesome. Yeah, I I was into float tubing just because it got me off the shore first, 
Second, I was able to kind of sneak into like some cool ponds that you can't really yep. get to at all. <laughs> and you can't even really drag a kayak back there. So I would just take my tube in there and just go fish a couple honey holes and just slam and just fall in love with bass fishing. I only thought bass ate a six inch MM3 Roboworm for about five years. <laughs> Hey, I was, Texas, I was a drop shot guy. I was a Texas rig guy for literally probably five or six years. I thought guys that caught them on anything else were just like bass pros. And <laughs> my confidence was the Texas rig. <laughs> yeah. I pick something new every year to sit and learn so I can kind of yeah. get a good re- revolving door of baits to throw. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So four or five years ago, you get into the kayak scene, you got a native, you got a native Titan 12 or? Yep. Titan 13 12? and a half. Yep. 13. 13 and a half. Okay. The big one. Yep. Dang. Yep. The big one. It was a, it was a closeout deal <laughs> and the 12 that I wanted had already sold, but this was such a good deal. I decided I'd go with the bigger one and nice. went with it. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> so do you have it motorized at all or? Yep. Yep. Got you... a bow mount XI3 on the front of it. There you go. Smart man. So, <laughs> yep. My, it's my one man bass boat. <laughs> Heck yeah. What kind of graphs do you run? I run uh, hummingbird Solix. Okay. So I ran, I, I'm a hummingbird guy. I did a lot of ice fishing too. And I yeah. started out hummingbird with ice fishing and I think it was a five, two, five model. And wow. then I went to, from there up to another one, then to small, like helix five. Yeah. And then I actually converted that over when I started kayak fishing, <laughs> started using that. And then, yeah. and then, uh, I jumped over to another brand for about two years. Uh-huh. but just didn't have the same confidence with it. Like I did with hummingbird, you know, hummingbird, yeah. I knew what I was looking at for sure. And I jumped back over to the Solix. And then of course I added on the 360 later and maybe nice. down the road, we'll do mega live. There you, you know, go. We can never get one in our hands, but yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's so what, what I run. What now. size, what size Solix do you have? 10 inch, 10 inch. There you go. I wish it was 12. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you have the 12 you wish it was like a 16 <laughs> yeah it was a little bigger yeah yeah yep. no that's awesome yeah i'm i'm running two uh hds live sevens so i got kind of 14 inches but they're they're two sevens and uh i i love it dude i got the active target on there and it's really it's definitely oh, yeah. it's definitely helped my game for sure especially offshore um yep. definitely learned how to definitely learn how to use them and read them oh yeah yeah no, that's, that's huge. I, I mean, I listened to your, when you were on with Chad, um, I listened to some of your stuff when you were on with Chad the other night and it's just so cool to hear guys pick apart and like talk about how they fish offshore because I feel like in kayak fishing, like there are a lot of guys that really understand the offshore game, but there's also a lot of guys that don't, which is right. Why I really like being offshore. Like if there's an offshore deal going on, like that's where you're going to find me. Like no doubt. Every, every time. Every, every time. time. Yeah. <laughs> so unless it's like a obvious shallow bite, you know, frog top water, chatterbait, like it's something like that too. But it's good to be versatile, you know, but yeah. And it depends what fishery you're on too, but it's really cool to kind of see a guy, you know, so passionate about offshore fishing and that 360, I'm sure helped you out at Folsom for sure. Uh, I actually didn't put it in the water at Folsom. Oh, you did not one day. So yeah, you didn't use it to like target nope, rock piles running, or anything. Nope. I did a couple of times, but I realized that wasn't the deal, and wow. I uh, went back to site imaging while I was moving around, and then kept it on down imaging while I was sitting stationary or just trying to move over a specific spots. Yeah. So, and that was that was the key. I mean, I could have wasted all day with the three hundred and sixty, 
Yeah. But I, it, you know, you're kind of, you're still isolated. You get, you know, the three, that 360 degree around you. Yeah. And you still got to pick that apart and hope that there's something in that range that you're going to pick up. Yeah. And it works, it works great. There, it's just got to be the right setting. Like if I'm throwing cranks and I'm looking for a piece of structure to throw the crank to, it's awesome. Cause I can just work a spot real slow and up a bank or off right. a point. But for this situation, I needed to cover a lot of water. You're not going to do that with a 360. I had to Interesting. flip over to that side imaging and just cover ground. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and so let's see. We covered all that. Um, how old are you, Chris? <laughs> I am going to be 44. 44. It's cool yeah. to just hear like all the, you know, different variety of ages in the kayak world. It's, it's just interesting to kind of see where everyone's at. But so you've been in it for five years. So prior to that, prior to getting a kayak, there was no tournament fishing, really. You didn't co-angle or uh, anything like that. The only tournament fishing I really did was just whatever local events we were doing ice fishing, basically. Oh, okay. And some of them, depending on the little group or form you're with, it was a month long or a week long, and then maybe a day here or there. And that was kind of the extent of it. So I'm just picturing this. Okay. So the knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. After I listened to the thing with Chad and, and kind of hearing you talk right now, and the fact that you're so in love with ice fishing, Chris has some patience for sure. Because if you're <laughs> ice fishing, you got to have some patience. No, I, no, and you're probably I don't tenacious have that much as hell. Ice fishing. I move around a lot. <laughs> I, I, and then what's crazy? You're cutting more holes strategy, than dropping right? line. Yep. yep, you're cutting holes and you're you're peeking and you're looking for fish. And if you're you're only there for a few minutes, if you're not seeing movement, I'm moving. I'm not. Okay. You know, fish have fish have. Patterns, that just goes to show like how many how much I know about ice fishing. I don't know anything about ice fishing. Yeah, I just thought you cut a hole moving. and sit there. Yeah. yeah. Most unless you're fishing for panfish, but okay. trout and stuff like that, those fish are moving, looking for a meal, and you want to set up. You know, they'll use markers, right? They'll use a boulder here and a log here. And they'll move from this boulder to the log, then to the point, then to somewhere else. And they'll travel that same path over and over again. Yeah. It's just finding those paths. That's the, and you can be a 10 foot difference sometimes on whether you're yeah. going to have a really good day or a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what part of Utah are you? Southern, Northern, Western? What are you? I'm kind of more Northern. I'm just South of Salt Lake. So, oh, okay. I'm, so I'm are you guys, kind of are you guys able to fish right now? Are you guys, do you guys get frozen over there? I'm sure <laughs> we're frozen. We're frozen we, got right a, we have ice on a number of lakes. We do have some that are thawed out. And then if you want open lake water, you head south towards St. George. Wow. So, yeah. so you guys don't really all start freshwater water. fishing out of your kayak till like when? Like May? Uh, we pretty much start our tournament season in April. Okay. So, yeah, we're still away from that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why you 
drove out to Folsom, no problem, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's kind of head into Folsom now. So, obviously, the reason why we have Chris on the show, you guys can see behind him, he took first place in both trail series, the pro series, and the Yakabass tournament. So, let's kind of dissect it a little bit, Chris. Go ahead and talk about your, your epic weekend, man. <laughs> well, I, I made the decision to fist fish Folsom once they put the pro league together and realized I'd qualified after fishing the NC yeah. last year and decided if Chad's willing to put the events here in the West, which there wasn't any at first, yeah. it kind of popped up later. I, I figured I, I'm going to go fish them. If we're going to get the opportunity, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, you, you only live once. So that's right. Uh, I, I got on Google earth and just started mapping the lake out and checking out water levels. And I knew the year before had been really low. Yeah. And that's, sometimes hit or miss when you've had a really low year and also you get a lot of water. Sometimes the fishing can be terrible for a while. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, mean, mapped, I was, I was there able a few, to map. I was yeah. there a few years ago and it was low still, dude. It's yeah. been low. <laughs> yeah. I, I went, I, I started mapping the South arm of Folsom and, but they didn't have all the tournament details up yet. And then when the rest of the tournament deals <laughs> details came up and said, we're all launching out of granite. Yeah. I went, well, wait a minute here. I yep. thought it's KBF. We can launch wherever we want. Come on. Yeah, I know. And no, uh, it was the way the permitting worked. And I figured, well, let's just, you know, let's just roll. Welcome. With it. Welcome to California. Welcome to California. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I did. I, I looked out from that launch and I mapped out a whole three mile stretch. I think, I think it was a three mile stretch. So did you go, did you go up? Yep. Up I went up left. first. Yeah. yeah. Yep, went up and I got there Wednesday night with a, I don't know, about three or four hours that I figured I could get on the water. And I got on the water and was like, yeah, this isn't what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. And then it, yeah. and then you throw spots on top of it. We don't have spots here in Utah. Okay. I've caught them other places, but spots are just different anyway. Yeah. And once I realized it was different, I just kind of started mapping. I thought, the water was going to be a little warmer for some reason. It's California, yeah. right? Yeah, not so, yet. But I realized real quick that the fish weren't going to be where I was thinking they were going to be. I mean, I thought, you know, main lake points to secondary points heading to the back of coast, but not at the back yet. And they just weren't, they weren't there. Yeah. And so I went, I made a few phone calls, talked to a buddy a little bit about it. And uh, just decided I'm, I'm just going to go cover water. What, what else can I do at this point? I just got to cover water and locate. That's yeah. always one of the hardest things to do sometimes is realize it's not about picking the pole up the whole time. You just got to, you've got to graft and find where you need to be. And that's yeah. what I did. I graphed that next day, that Thursday, I grafted over 14 miles of water and yeah. I caught, I'll, I did throw a little bit and I caught two fish. So I did pick up a couple of fish, but there wasn't enough. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't as often as enough with the pattern I was looking for that I was willing yeah. to stick with it. And I did find a school of fish, but they were a little finicky. They weren't really active. And I didn't even, I wasn't even a hundred percent sure they were even bass. Really. They looked more like stripers, you know, on the screen. Yeah. And so I just, I just left that alone. I graphed, I don't know how many balls of bait. <laughs> oh yeah. No fish underneath them. And that's just not, you know, that's not what I'm used to. I'm used to, if you can and find the bait there is bait, like, the bait there is like super micro. Yeah. It's like smelt. Be, yeah. It's like smelt. Yeah. Like that's like what I noticed when I was there. It's like literally like the size yeah. of like this. <laughs> yeah. You got to get those little mini cranks if you want to. Yeah. That one. Yeah. 
but yeah, I didn't, didn't find what I wanted underneath them. And so Friday, I just picked a whole nother stretch to go and graft. And it was later in the morning and I had found a couple of fish, not, they weren't active. They were just kind of cold. <laughs> yeah. It looked like they were cold. They were just looked like they were coming up out of some deep water, but I grafted over another spot that looked like I picked a mark up and it looked active and I knew when I saw the mark, it was a bass. I mean, there was no question. Yeah. And I dropped on it. And as the drop shot went down, that fish turned and came up and it was game on. And then, uh, I dropped the drop shot down again on another mark right afterwards. And it started heading up and I didn't, I didn't hook the fish. I just said, Nope, we're backing off. Not even going <laughs> to, not even going to take a chance at burning a spot. And, uh, I left it. I'm like, I'm just going to come here. I didn't really look at anything else with the spot. I did pull my map up just to verify what I was looking at to kind of get an idea that if it was going to play out most of the day or not. And I thought it was going to, and I backed off and then that's where I went tournament morning. I hit that spot and started, I, it started wanna, off quick. Back. Do you want to say what bait you were dropping? <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't have to. Yeah. My, the first bait I dropped was a drop shot. I did do a drop shot first and I hooked my first fish and that was just a, a little Z man drop shot bait. And I decided right there, that fish was active. Let's throw this other bait and see if these fish are going to hit it because I thought it was going to fish better than a drop shot anyway. And it was just a donkey rig. It was two Neds rigged on a donkey rig, just like you would a double fluke. And when I heard you tell that to chat, I was like, no way Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at Folsom yeah. dude. Like, I don't know. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty smart. Well, I'm not going to lie. Everyone. All I kept hearing was you've got to use light line. Yeah. And I am not a light line guy. But I'm not heavy either. I run, I've been the same for years. I run eight pound on my spinning reels and I run mm -hmm. 10 pound on all my bait casters. And I have one rod that has 12 pound on it and I don't switch unless I need to go to break. Yeah. And I have fished with that forever and I have fished water clearer than what Folsom was. And I'm like, this is not a light line issue. Wow. This is just a patterning the fish issue or fish that yeah. are pressured. And when I dropped that donkey rig down the first time, it, it got absolutely smashed. And it was two fish. That's crazy. <laughs> that happened. That happened. I doubled up twice with it and then caught a single, but the wind, wind stopped blowing. And the minute the wind stopped blowing, that was it. I've never thrown that rig before, but when I was looking at it after you had, after you, I've heard of it, but I've never really seen it done with a Ned. Obviously I've more seen it done with like a double fluke or yeah. that's what, that's what it's kind of known for, right? A donkey rig is a yep. double fluke. Yeah. Yep. And that's one of my favorite things is a double fluke to throw around too. So yeah. The only difference was, is this is weighted. How you doesn't it get, it get so when you weight it, it goes above the swivel at the, the first swivel. You do it just like you do the double fluke rig. So you got a free swinging swivel on the line and then yeah. you tie your line to the other swivel and then do one drop off of each swivel. So the one's okay. free swinging, that's what keeps it from getting tangled. You know, you might have to undo it every now and again, but a lot of times when you cast, it'll just spread itself back out. That's crazy. Like that. So it doesn't get tangled that much. Uh-uh. Nope. Wow. Nope. Now I would, I don't know if you'd want to fish it around brush piles and, and that. Yeah. <laughs> you'd probably be retying a lot, but yeah. Open, open rocky bottom. No, Folsom would be perfect for that. Yeah. Cause it's yep. completely open pretty much for the most yeah. part. And it's got good rock too. It's not like jagged. It's like round. Yeah. It's all round. Yeah. Polished granite. I know it's perfect. <laughs> it's I, yeah. I, like I said, I went there a couple of years ago and I didn't do well limit wise, but I did catch the big fish of the event. I caught like a 20, 20.5 largemouth on a drop shot and that one big fish for the trail and yakabass so i was stoked on that because i took home like two grand <laughs> for yeah. that one fish but that was the only fish i submitted for the tournament <laughs> but i was like whatever 
I figured most I figured most everybody was going to be throwing a drop shot or yeah. a small swim bait. Oh yeah, and that, and I called it. That's pretty much what they were doing, and that's what they see all the time. Well, the year that I was there, Bob Zhang won it, and I think he did pretty well this time. Um, Bob Zhang, I think he I think he did yeah. top five or top three or something. But he he told everyone that he was throwing a spy bait, and everyone yeah. was just like, "What?" <laughs> I could see it. I could see how it would work yeah. out there. Yeah, I almost I almost tied one on. I'm not gonna lie. I really? did check my box. I was like, I've got two of them with me. It was just funny because everyone was saying like, drop shot. Ned Rig, Nico, drop shot, and then Bob gets up there, wins it, and goes spy bait. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. It's like a Lake Erie thing. But just like you, like everyone's saying drop shot, this, that, and Chris gets up there and goes donkey rig. <laughs> the look, the look from a few people was pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I bet. And when not the, only that, a, a Ned Rig donkey rig. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. But sometimes it takes that little difference to win, and obviously yeah. it did. You know, well, and it was my buddy. It was one of my buddies that gave me that idea. He uh-huh. fishes it a lot. He's like, you should just tie it on and do it. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, you're probably right. Pressured fish, you throw two baits at them at the Two's same better time, better than one, yeah. And they just, their brain just switches different, and they just go, that's safe to eat. You know, that's what they do. It's safe to eat. Yeah. So I went with it, and it worked. It paid off. And in fact, the the second day of the tournament. I went right back to the same spot and I did. I caught a, I caught a double my first cast or second cast. I pulled up a single. Then my next one, I pulled up a double and pulled up a 19 and three quarter on that. I was, it was hard not to want to yell. You know, 19 and three quarters way. and another fish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Two gosh. Yeah. I know. So they come in cause that's the one thing you have to be careful is they're fighting against each other. When yeah. you double up and and with one that size, you can't pull too hard because they're already pulling against each other, and you don't want to break the knots. But got them in. Crazy. It worked out. Because there's is there three knots or four? There are well, three. three. Three knots, and then yeah. your baits, of course. So five. Yeah. yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's a lot of knots. Yeah. So <laughs> what kind of knots do you tie on them? Do you have your own special uh, knot, or M- you? No, I am. There's only two knots I pretty much tie, and that is an improved clinch. Okay. And a polymer when I drop shot. That's it. Yeah. Only okay. two. And then I'm, the same. Thing, I'm the same. Same exactly. I'm an FG when I go from braid to mono or braid to fluorocarbon. Yeah. That's all I tie. I but do that RP. improved improved clinch is I've used that since I was a little kid and it's always worked for me and I've never had an issue. So yeah. I've just stuck with it. I've never had to go to anything different. And yeah. me too. Why, same, why same, way, dude. <laughs> same exact thing, dude. I do improved clinch and then uh Palomar not on my drop shot, that yeah, for sure. It's quick. Yeah, it's quick. quick. Yeah. So. Interesting. Okay, so so you kind of walked us through. Were you, were you kind of at day one, or did you already get day one out of the way? Kind of got day one out of the way. Day one, Okay. I ran into some stuff later on with, with getting some stuff uploaded for KBF and phone calls, and my, my battery's dying on my phone, and I kind of just <laughs> – the rest, a good chunk of the day kind of went out of the window. I didn't. You really don't carry a battery anything. pack with you, bro? Come on. <laughs> so I get, this is the bad part. I had a Dakota Lithium yeah. 10 amp power pack with a USB yeah. port sitting in my truck that was fully oh. charged. And I thought about grabbing it in the morning. You have but to I'm grab like, nah, it. I've never, I never run out of phone power. I'm, I, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. You never know. And I have, and I have a USB plug that I wired in, in my kayak, but. Oh, uh, last year I ended all my wiring and redid it and didn't wire it back in. <laughs> so I was, I was, I was up 
up a creek without it. It was, I bet. It was kind of terrible, but I still looked around a little bit. I was trying to figure out where these fish were going when the wind quit. And cause they weren't laying down to the bottom. They were moving to somewhere yeah. else and it didn't really, I thought they were sliding a little deeper cause I knew they were still hungry, but I never did find them going deeper. So I'm not, I almost think I missed a ditch that was somewhere in between somewhere and they're just rolling over to another ditch to lay in. But the next day I knew that the same, based on what I'd seen the previous day that the wind was going to quit, except for day two, the wind was going to change directions and blow harder. And so I knew the bite was going to quit around nine 30, 10 o'clock is just going to shut off again. And I already had it in my head. Let's go fish. Let's catch what we can. When that bite dies, let's go find fish. Like I, I game plan that out. We're going to go, I knew how I was going to work the humps. I was going to go work what I was going to do to work them. So when that bite quit, I went out to deep water first to some other humps off of deep water. I looked around that wasn't really seeing any fish. And I just started going and to the windblown side, all the other fingers and stuff and the humps that had steep drops. I just, all the textbook stuff. I just started going up and fishing against knowing that at some point, I was going to run into school, full school somewhere. And it didn't take till an hour before the end of tournament when I finally ran into them. And I don't know if you heard before, but I, I marked a, an odd mark on the bottom. And the way it came up, it kind of looked like, almost like I hit a rock. Then there was an open spot in a rock. And I thought there might be a fish stuck between the two rocks. And in the past, I have caught some big fish that have laid between rocks before like that. So I stopped, I stopped and dropped down and there was no movement from the mark. It didn't budge at all. So it could have just been a piece of wood for all I know at that point. But I, while I was sitting there, I was just kind of taking a break, had the spot lock on and my phone rang and I went to go answer the phone and I looked down and there was a new mark that came in under the graph. So I put the phone down, dropped the drop shot down and called up a fish and picked the phone up. I called my buddy, told him I'd called one up, told him it was going. He's just asking how things are going. And then I looked down again and go, I got to go. There's four fish underneath me. And I put the wow. phone down and the whole, for the next 40 minutes, I had waves of, of fish moving underneath me. And I was able to call up again with a, another good one. So it paid off. It paid off looking around. It paid off having the game plan, Yeah, you know, which is often, that's the thing is if you get out of your head sometimes, and you don't have that game plan, you just kind of set yourself up to fail. And yeah. and to give you an example, one of the, let's see, two years ago, maybe three years ago, I got ready to do a tournament on another body of water that gets fished real heavy. And we had a 50 angler cap. And I, I almost want to say we hit the 50, but I'm not sure. But I mapped out plan A and had five or six spots for plan A and a plan B with five or six spots to work through. So I had a backup to a backup. And in that tournament, I fished everything that I had planned to fish. And I did well. I thought I did really well. And I was close. I finished sixth, I think, out of that tournament, which wasn't too bad, considering. And there was a little mix-up uh, with another buddy. He was DQ'd for a minute. And I was sitting in fifth, which gave me a KBFNC uh, ticket. Nice. And so I was, I was all pumped to go. Yeah. And... And uh, later the tournament director messaged me and says, hey, uh, the person we DQ'd contested, he's within the rules. We're going to give it back to him, but it bumps you down a spot. And I was like, I was bummed. And he, the tournament director offered me his NC spot. And I said, and I thought about it for a second and went, no, 
if I'm going to go to the NC, I want it to go because I legitimately got the ticket to go there. And the next yeah. tournament, I pulled the first place. So I earned my ticket on the next one. Perfect. Yeah. But, but you got to have that game plan. You got to have that plan in place and, and a backup to that plan if you can. And if not, then you go out and do what you can, I guess, at that point. You, you know, you fish thorough and hard and hope that you can find what you need to. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Well, I mean, congratulations. How much, uh, how much, if you don't mind me asking, how much cash did you bring home? Uh, close to six grand, I think. Awesome. And you were obviously that's cause you were in the pro series and, uh, both trails and Yakabass. Did yep. you get big fish at all or no? I got third biggest fish. Yeah. Okay. And I wasn't even, to be honest, I wasn't even going to sign up for Yakabass. I yeah. was more worried about the other three. And after getting out there and seeing such a small field, on part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and looking at what I'd spent to get out there, it's like, I got to take a chance to make some of that sure. back. And so I signed up last minute for Yakabass. Yeah. And I mean, I, I honestly didn't even think I had a chance against some of those guys. Cause I've, I've watched the standings, you know, for several of those California tournaments. Yeah. I've seen some of those guys in the top all the time. So like Damien. <laughs> yeah. But it felt good. It felt good considering there wasn't too many people signed up in the pro to fish against a field of another hundred, hundred people and still come out on top. So, Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. No, it's always nice to just, especially like you said, if you're going to travel that far, you might as well just invest you know, in all the entry fees just to give yourself the best shot. Cause look at now you went home and it was six grand instead yep. of Yakabass probably paid three of that, huh? Uh, two, just over two. two. Yeah. But it was, I, I won enough that it's covering my tournament fees for the rest of the, the rest of the year. So <laughs> it's not a bad deal, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Especially the Yakabass tournament. I think it was only like 75 bucks, right? Something like that. Uh, I think I spent 125 by the time I got the Yakabass membership. Oh, the I membership and everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's awesome, dude. How about you? Let's grab that Pro Series trophy really quick. Let's talk about that really <laughs> quick. Because that's a pretty when when Chad it's still in two pieces. <laughs> it's still in two pieces. Yeah, I saw that, but yeah. So but it's pretty. I mean, let's see it's here. pretty hefty. That's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, and it's all catchboards, right? Yeah, yeah. Four catchboards put together and aluminum that's... top, aluminum bottom. That's sweet. <laughs> Heck yeah. Especially to have that opportunity out here. And like, I just, I just love that, uh, you know, Chad and I have been conversating quite a bit recently because we just announced a couple of trails that are coming down to Southern California. And it's just really cool to see him continue to invest in the West out here. You know, I mean, we got trails kind of all over the Western region and it just shows a lot about his, you know, his character and like what he's trying to do to grow the sport. And even though there was only, you know, 20 something guys at Folsom, his, I feel like his attitude about it was, was awesome. You know, like yep. he, he just, he's like, dude, I'm just coming and I'm investing. Like, let's just keep growing it. Um, and you know, the anglers will come when they see, you know, how passionate I am about investing out there. <laughs> they, so they already are too. The next one, the next one, we've got a good Utah field going down. So yeah, no, that's awesome, dude. I know it's a, uh, it's just cool to see it. Cause there's not a whole lot of national series out here anymore. You know, Hobie's yeah. out and Bass is kind of out in a way, but I don't know. I just, I want, I want one of those trophies. <laughs> That's When I saw that trophy, my yeah. wife's sitting right here. You could ask her when I saw that yeah. trophy, I called her and said, I'm taking that trophy home. I Heck want yeah. that trophy. I know, dude. That's so sick. <laughs> Even though they're little trophies, dude, like just having the coin and like those cards and stuff, like it's just, you know, I know a lot of people kind of talk about like, oh, the payouts are crappy or whatever. Not just for KBF, but like they always talk about like the payouts. 
And dude, honestly, I care about the trophies. <laughs> <laughs> I care about the cards and the trophies. I'm not going to complain about the payouts because I've gotten yeah. a few other good payouts from yeah. some other KBF tournaments. So I'm just saying I'm, so many guys concentrate but... <laughs> on the payouts. And I'm like, dude, this is all like pretty much a hobby for everyone. You know, for like 99% of us, it's just a hobby. Like, I want to put one of those trophies. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So that's cool, man. Well, congratulations, dude. I mean, Folsom is a tough place to figure out. It's definitely a puzzle for a lot of people. And for you to come out here and just kind of lay the smack down on on everyone in the whole state (laughs) of California. Now now you got a target on your back, bro. You you come out here again. We're we're looking for you, bro. I've got more than a target on my back right now. I've got a, I've got a, uh, reputation that pulled on the next one. Yeah, you so, do. Because I kind of did the same thing two years ago when I went to Roosevelt, but Lake I'd never been on and pulled first place. So, oh, did you? Did I didn't even I, know that? That's sick. Yep. And I'm going going back. I may so. have known that. I just didn't maybe put it together. <laughs> but that's that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Man, you pulled it out at Rosie, huh? I'm yeah. sure Bryce didn't like that. <laughs> it was kind of fun to mess with Bryce a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. I gave him crap at the NC about it a little bit. Yeah. You know, coming back out again. So. Dude, that's the that's the funnest part I feel like about a lot of our West Coast guys. Like, I feel like we all have a really good like morale. Like, we have a lot of fun. Like, they came out to the ABA tournament at Paris, and they come out to some of the stuff in SoCal. Or when we all go up to Clear Lake, just the campfire and like the 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 vibes outside of the water is like so fun, dude. Like, yeah, it's the, just that's a blast. the best part of it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And then bragging after about how you won. <laughs> I like listening to the sob stories. I would have beat you if. Oh yeah, if I would have landed that one. If I would have landed that one. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Well, Chris. Uh, well, again, congratulations on your Folsom victory. So now, what is what's next for Chris? So obviously, you're going to Roosevelt, but let's yep. just talk about the rest of your season really quick. What do you got going on? So I, right now, I've got Roosevelt on the books. Okay. From Roosevelt, I'll head to Colorado. And then we've got an event right here in Utah in June. And then my next KBF event after that was going to be Clear Lake. And then in between all that, I have our local tournaments stuffed in between there. Yeah. All of our local stuff. And then uh, I am trying to put another one in the mix and head to San Vicente. All right. And run there and then head straight to Colorado afterwards if I can fit it in. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing about San V is that it's a it's a deep clear reservoir kind of like Folsom in a way but it has a ton of brush and a ton of quagga yes. mussels on the brush I am I am actually I've watched I've watched some clips of San Vicente yeah and I have a little something that I really love to fish with and okay. I only get to fish with it in a couple of lakes here that it works really well in and yeah. for some reason when I saw that lake I'm like oh I've got the bait for that lake and I'm yeah. going to throw it if I go. And I, <laughs> I'm excited about it to see if it'd pay off or not. Yeah. But, and the, the crazy thing is this bait's not made anymore. So when I oh, found great. out they weren't going to be made anymore, I stocked up on them. <laughs> and it should be, it should be like, cause we're kind of a, in the la- a later spawn this year for some reason. Like it's just, you know, it's just not getting as warm for that long period of time for them to get to that 60 degree mark. So I think we're going to kind of be like, spawn post spawn deal yep. i think there's so yep. many fish we'll on beds i think yeah, that there'll yeah be some i think we working towards the tail end though yeah fry fry garters for sure yep yeah yep 
So, and there's some, there's some really good fish in San Vicente too. There's some big ones in there. It was actually closed for a really long time and it reopened maybe four or five years ago, I want to say. And hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Oh my gosh, four or five years ago, it was like insanity. But it kind of got tougher as, you know, the pressure, you know, oh, turned yeah. up. But I'm sure it gets a lot of pressure. It's a really fun lake and it's like super deep, dude. I mean, like the middle of that lake is like, I want to say it's like 170 feet. Sweet, it's like, like a Utah lake. Great. Yeah super deep <laughs> that's what we fish are deep reservoirs here yeah yeah you're not really gonna find a whole lot of like shallow grass flats <laughs> yep <laughs> it's like there's the shore and there's 30 feet of water <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like that kind <laughs> yeah well there you go it fits you perfect then and uh there will be two days of practice for that one so it'll be thursday friday and then saturday sunday is the tournament so and the pro series and ABA is going to be doing it. And like I, I posted the other day, again, if you get into all of it, I mean, I did the math. If you win, if you do, if you did what you did at Folsom, you're taking home like $15,000. Hey, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> so and that's only, that's season. only if there's like, that's only if there's like 50 to 70 guys. So we'll see how many guys show up. I, I I'm, I'm praying that we get, I'm praying that we get like close to 75. That'd be really good for KBF and ABA. I feel like if we get like 75, that'd be good. So it'd be awesome. I feel like that's, find a that's place the to goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, the places stay, I'll, I'll let you know some places to stay. There's, there's a couple of campgrounds right around it. Um, Lake Jennings and Santee lakes are like really close. Nice. So, but um, yeah, man. So you're going to the national championship. I'm sure. Right? Oh, heck yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've already Kentucky got the Airbnb Lake. booked and Dude. everything. I'm going. Who's all going with you? You have guys going? Uh, I would imagine Cody's going. Cody and Cayman, I'm sure, are going. Who's and Cody? Cody, Cody who? I'm just kidding. Henry. <laughs> that guy turned to a rock star this year, dude. Holy crack cow. Kid? No. Jeez. <laughs> he is. He's awesome. I fished with him now for a couple years. Yeah. 
he was up on uh, a reservoir here that we were getting ready for a tournament on, and he was in a little uh, one-man type bass boat kind of a deal. Him and mm-hmm. someone else back in a cove somewhere, and he hooked a big smallie, and you could hear him clear across the reservoir. I, that's when I first met him. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he's like the Mike Iaconelli of our sport, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's a stud though. He's yeah. a good dude. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So the national championship. Have you ever been to Kentucky Lake before? Nope. 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 <laughs> you got I'm any, looking forward uh, to it. Actually, ideas about Kentucky Lake? Uh, I have a few. You have, I have a, few. a few. Yeah. 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 But it'll probably be like Folsom was. I'll get there and it won't be anything like I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be it like seems... my first year. I went to one and I went to Caddo. You know, in 2019. Yeah. When I pulled up on the Caddo and all you had was walls of cypress trees, there's 20,000 cypress trees. What's different? Seriously, <laughs> yeah. huh? I was a little everything, overwhelmed. I didn't do well that year, but everything looks good. <clears throat> yep. Everything looked good. <laughs> That's how it is when you go to the Delta. The Delta. Have you ever been to the Delta? Yeah, I've, I've looked at a lot of that, man. It just looks juicy everywhere. Yeah. You can't, you can't like say, like, oh, that looks better than that because it all looks better than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think next year we might have a KBF trail on the on the Delta, but don't uh, don't quote me on that. But I think I think it might be coming. That'd so, be awesome. Um, so the NC, and then so are you just strictly fishing KBF. You don't have any bass tournaments on your radar or any no, hobby. No, basically or any KBF, and then my state stuff, Utah, and then if I can throw something else in at the same time somewhere, I will. Yeah. So. I'm a, I'm a typical nine to fiver. I've got another job I have to be to, you know? So. Yeah. Same, same here, buddy. Same here. Yeah. Um, one thing kind of before you go, what is your, what is your like most confident bait? Like what is like Chris's like favorite, favorite bait to throw? It's funny. I actually thought about this the other day. It's like, if someone ever asked me, I'd have to tell them it is a swing jig. Really? Yep. Texas rig swing jig basically tech just a swing head with a i see tactical bass and talk about that like all the time but i've i've thrown it a few times but i just i don't know i've never got the feel down for it i love it that yeah. is that is my it's one of my go-to's pretty much really in fact i fished it at the nc too i was pitching it against trees <laughs> really yeah i mean it's kind of like a it's kind of like a chatterbait in a way not really but it's kind of like that same little vibe yeah. Does it does it make a noise? Does it click? No, nope. I just drag yeah. it on the bottom and just bounce it okay. across the bottom. Yeah, typically what I do. Yeah, sweet man. Yeah, so, works uh, great out on gravel flats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bare bare gravel. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll throw it. I throw it in chunk rock too. Really, I've gotten per, I've gotten pretty confident throwing it around rocks that most people would get snagged in. I've learned how really? to pull it up to a rock and then hop it over. So, yeah, sweet. Yep, I've even got it snagged, and while trying to get it undone, gotten bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best, right? Yep. So, uh, what is your? Let's just do Chris's dream goal for the year, and then like a reality goal. So, what's your dream goal for twenty twenty two? For kayak bass fishing for KB. dream goal would be to sweep another event in pro and trail for the points, okay. and then at least get another pro event and get a really good stack of points before heading to the pro championship and the trail championship and then to finish in the top 20 for sure at the nc would be awesome and the ultimate goal is to make it to the 10 why not why not right <laughs> let's go yeah. let's throw another utah guy in that thing that's sick yep for sure i know you guys had two right because cayman yep. was in there too right 
Yep. So did you go to the, you didn't go to the NC last year? Uh, I did just this last year, but the one in between there, in between 2019, the one for 2020, when they moved it from March to October, yeah, when it was down on Gunnersville, I did not yeah. make that change in the date. I couldn't get to work out. So kind of missed yeah. out on that one, but I was, I was there and I, I, that was my first year fishing KBF. So I didn't get a chance to qualify for the NC before that, but I fished the challenge series championship there. So fun, dude. <laughs> the, la- the last NC, my goal in the last NC was just to catch a limit the first two days. Yeah. And, and put myself in the top 100. That was my, I didn't have a goal higher than that because I'd done so poor the, the first time I went. It's like, I just want to go down and I just want to make that top 100. And I did, I made it. That's awesome. So, and then the, the third day of that event, uh, instead of fishing where I'd been fishing on Caddo, I jumped over to Bistano and fished an area I hadn't even been fishing. Cause I'm like, what? I can't do any worse than a hundredth place. Let's just swing at the fence and go. Yeah. So, and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. That's sick. I know. I hope they go back to Gunnersville too. Cause that place was awesome, dude. Yeah. The Chatterbait yeah, really bite. That's not, that's a bucket list place to go to. The Chatterbait bite was just insanity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping there's a good bite in Kentucky too. I think so. <laughs> I think that and a crankbait at Kentucky in that, that time of year is going to be killer. Yeah. But again, we'll yeah. see. We'll I be drop shotting before we my, know In it. my mind, I've got a couple of things I'm playing out that I think are going to be really good to fish down there. Yeah. Especially, especially offshore. <laughs> yeah. So I'm hoping yeah. I can make something work out. How long are you going to go before the NC? Have you planned it? I, yeah, I'll get at least a week of practice in before. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy because some of those guys get like three weeks, bro. Yeah, I wish I could, but I won't. In fact, like if I Eric get two, Rundle I, and like Russ Snyder's <laughs> and like all these guys, dude, they're there like two and a half weeks before. It's, it's yeah, just like sometimes. Sometimes I think I get too much time to pre-fish. I don't do as well. My my kind of zeroed in that I figured out is three days. I need three days to put it together. Yeah, and I can usually do. Well. Hopefully, right? Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, it's been a blast kind of picking apart your brain and how you how you dissected Folsom and everything. But um, right now, as we kind of wrap it up, you can go ahead and thank anyone that you need to thank, sponsors or anyone that supports you, and then uh, we'll just kind of wrap it up. Yeah, hey, uh, Hummingbird, I'm looking for a sponsor. <laughs> anyone, anyone that wants to help me, go hit their uh, Instagram pages up and tell them to come sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nope, that's... That, that was my key. My, my two favorite things kind of contradict each other on the boat when you talk about companies because I run a Motor Guide XI3 and then I run the Hummingbird Fish Finder. And those are two great companies. And other than that, it's a hogwash at this point, you know. I'm looking for a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, if, uh, if you guys want, jump over and follow me on Instagram, man underscore VS underscore fishing. Come follow along. I'll post my updates throughout the season and see how well we're doing. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and leave that in the description when, when this thing goes live. I think it's going to go live Saturday. But, uh, um, Chris, best of luck at Roosevelt. Hopefully we get to see you maybe down here in SoCal. But if not, I will I will most likely see you at Kentucky Lake. That's my plan, too, is to go to Kentucky Lake. So awesome. looking forward to it, dude. So Awesome. Appreciate it. Congratulations again on Folsom. And uh, we'll see you on the next one, man. Yeah, thanks. All right. Later, buddy.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys. Well, that does it for tonight's episode. Again, uh, if you guys are looking for anything in SoCal as far as the next events go, make sure you guys go check out SoCal Kayak Anglers on Instagram. And March 12th, their membership drive is coming up. We got the Native Watercraft Tournament coming up. We got Party coming up at uh, next this weekend, actually, on March 6th. And so Party is going to be happening this weekend. Uh, ABA kayak series is going to be at the Delta March 26th and 27th. So make sure you guys go sign up for that. And that kind of does it for tonight's episode, guys. Again, Chris, thank you so much for hopping on. And here's a little outro clip for the show. As always, guys, keep your thumbs ripped. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your midwest premier paddle sports destination go to rocktownadventures.com eastport marina the beautiful destination on dale hollow lake if you're looking for lodging kayaks kayak accessories or anything fishing related on the beautiful dale hollow lake go to eastport.info and jig masters jigs when in doubt get the jig out go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today miss thursdays with saltwater experience brought to you by golden boat lifts every thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors every monday night from 7 to 10 p.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment